irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. This is Max and Friends. I'm your host, Max Tucci. Welcome back to another Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, infinite time of Max and Friends. We're here tonight, today, this morning, wherever you are in this now time and space, actually pre-recording on 2-2-22, because that's how we roll here on Max and Friends. So we have a great show because it's one that is dear to my heart. It's about living fearlessly, but not only living fearlessly, it's the guests that are the dearest to my heart. First and foremost, welcome to Max and Friends, where I am in this now space. I'm in a place I'm not all that when we've got too much to talk about, especially when the topic is living fearlessly. My guests tonight are the, the words that I have to describe them will only minimize them. So I love the show that David Letterman does that says my next guest needs no introduction. I would like to welcome back my friends to the show, Gordana Birnat and Valerie Love. Gordana, welcome back to Max and Friends. Hi, Max. So happy to be here with you and Val. It has been a minute since you have been here. <laughs> yes, one minute. <laughs> in one the minute. infinite time, yes. <laughs> in infinite time, and I'm grateful that you're here and now with us on Max and Friends. And Valerie Love, welcome back to the show. How are you loving? Oh, my goodness. Fabulous. I'm happy to be here with both of you. Two amazing bright lights. So let's see what we can be up to, huh? Some magic we'll create. Yay. The magic is already created because we're here together in this now time and space. You know, I love, I think that last time we were all together was at the beginning of 2020 in March when mm. we all gathered to talk about actually navigating through fear. Yes. So here we are almost two years later talking about living fearlessly. And have we done that? And are we doing that? So before we get into all of this, sit down, relax, take a minute, everybody, just to be present, clear your mind, clear your heart, clear your space, clear your energy, clear your home, and then get into Max and Friends. And if now's not the time for you to hear this, then come back anytime on latalkradio.com backslash Max or on all podcasting platforms. Tweet me, Instagram me, at Max. I'll send you the link if you need to hear it. Because this is a show that we're going to, it's just going to be the right thing for right now. I feel it, I know it, and we're here. So before we get into it, what does living fearlessly mean to you, Gordana? To me, it it means to be able to see the part where I can make conscious choices because I am present in the now moment and I am trusting, open, and willing. Mm. And for you, Val Love, what does living fearlessly mean? Ah, oh, living love. I love mm. what Gordana said. I love that. And living love, because for me, fear is really a void, an absence of love. And when we remember who we are, just tapping into that love, mm. that's the easiest, fastest way that I know of to do that. I love it. You know, and when I break down the two words, living fearlessly, for me, I can't even put them together because one has really nothing to do with the other. I just like living. 
period <laughs> because I don't embody fear. So I don't know. I don't even know how to define fear, but I know how to define living. And like Val and Gordana said, living is love and love is living. And what I know is right now, right now, right now in this time and space where you are, I hope you're living, but living to the point where you can actually live fearless. So let's break down some ways that we can live fearlessly. So for Gordana, if someone is listening tonight and they said fear takes over their life, fear is something that is instilled in them. Fear is a pattern and a pathology that has been passed down to them. How do we break these notions of fear and how do we say live? Mm. Well, it's a question of finding some kind of inner balance within oneself and being able to see the entire spectrum of reality. Because if you're only seeing fear, then be sure that you're hoodwinked by your ego and it's not showing you the entire truth about this reality. Because the truth in front of us, we live in a, in a, in a universe or a reality which is based on polarities, which means that if you're only seeing one thing, then you're not seeing the entire picture. And this is what I meant when I said that I, the way I live fearlessly is I am willing to see the possibilities. I have to stop myself and see what are the options, what is the, where are the possibilities here? Because if I'm not able to see them, if I'm only seeing fear, then I am looking at a lie. I am not looking at the entire picture. So it's a signal. Fear is just a signal that you've been hoodwinked by your ego or by someone else's ego triggering you into partial seeing or not being able to see the entire the entire spectrum of this world. Mm. And for you, Val, how do you, what do you tell that person that says, I don't even know how to living? You know, I used to be consumed by a lot of fear early on in my life and really didn't really didn't know quite know what to do with it. Well, one of my favorite little tiny vignettes about fear and about how to be fearless was there was a samurai warrior feared in the land. And he was going out on this spree to kind of subjugate everybody and make sure they knew who the new emperor was. And people were fleeing before him. And he got to this one particular village and there was a monk there praying in the monastery. And everyone was fleeing and running and running. And they were like, oh, my goodness, you need to leave this monastery because, you know, he's coming, he's coming, he's feared samurai. And sure enough, there was a monk listened to them and, and uh, he stayed. And sure enough, here came the samurai warrior. He walked up to the monk, and the monk was just minding his business in the monastery, completely rooted in the truth of his being and divinity. And the samurai walked up to him, and you haven't left. He said, well, this is where I live. And he said, do you know who I am? Do you know that I can take this sword and run through you in a minute? And he said, do you know who I am? He said, without batting an eye. He said, do you know who I am? that I am one who can be run through without batting an eye. And the samurai had to put down his sword. So there's something about standing in our divinity, the true essence of our nature, that is disarming to anything unlike it. Mm, that's, that's beautiful. I love that, Valerie, because it's, it's actually to remind ourselves that, you know how A Course in Miracles, it says, 
who you truly are cannot be hurt by anything in this world. It is to come back to that truth that who you truly are cannot be hurt by anything. That is what illness, illness is, the observer within you that cannot be harmed by anything in the physical world. Mm. I love that you yeah. brought up A Course in Miracles because Val's doing it right now on Clubhouse. And yeah, I know. Kind of how this all started. You know, yeah. we had the conversation, Val, about one of your morning meditations led to this now moment. And mm -hmm. I just knew that we had to do a show together. You know, on the topic of living fearlessly, we're in a point where, Val, why don't you tell us where you are right now in the point of this whole, because you don't even call it a pandemic. What do you call it? <laughs> I called it a global meditation that we got to sit down, and I also called it the revelation, the apocalypse, because it felt like a very stark revelation, mm -hmm. right, in the dawn of Aquarius, and the new uh, age Aquarius, kind of very really, she says that Aquarius is high noon on the, cat, on the clock. Mm -hmm. So at high noon, the sun is right overhead. It is shining brightly, and there is no shadow. So I feel that in these last two years, I've learned so much, I've grown so much. I feel that these couple of years, we had a global meditation, and we also had a revelation of do we want to continue on the path that we have been on, or are there changes we desire to make? And we're, and for each person, those changes may be different. We absolutely got a revelation, and I've learned so much. In these last couple of years, so I, I appreciate the awareness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, the awareness, it can sometimes be painful because when you are illuminated from within, you shine your light on everything and you can see both the good stuff and the bad stuff. And that can sometimes feel like pain, even though you are growing, even though you are expanding in your consciousness, it's, it can still feel like pain. and. What I've learned during these two years of, of whatever it is that we've been going through is that we have to remind ourselves that our love for life must be greater than our fear of death. Because if we tap into the fear of dying, which we, by the way, are here to do, we are supposed to explore how it feels to be finite, how, how it feels to die, because who we truly are cannot die in that sense. So we are here to explore this. And if we tap into the fear of death, we become slaves in this reality. So the, the entire period of time, these two years ha has been a reminder, every life has to be greater than the fear of death because I do not fear death. So love for life, I am awakened every morning with love your life. Find the beauty wherever it is. I think Henri Matisse says there is there are always flowers for those who want to see them. So for me, I'm looking for the flowers all the time. <laughs> That's, That's how I've been handling it. <laughs> you know, and it's so true because even for me, even when there's clouds, the sun is still shining. You know, mm -hmm. and that's how I always see life. And I always see life, of course, that where we are right now is exactly where we're supposed to be. But Gordana, the way you put it, I think that's a beautiful definition of living fearlessly. And when we first kicked off this navigating through fear in 2020, that was the mantra, love of yes. life greater than yes. fear of death. I remember yes. that clearly yes. to the point I wanted to have it as a needlepoint pillow. <laughs> 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 I was like, that's, that's marketable. Because 
farting and we can go on Instagram and buy things. You know, we should be able to go on Instagram and see that our love of life is greater than our fear of death. So examples of living. For me, true living is doing what I enjoy, my passion. And there's so many. We did a show here on Max and Friends called Heart Virtues. And the heart virtues are the things that give you those goosebumps that can make you cry like, like Ianla says in the broccoli, if <laughs> I love. So what are some things of, of that you love about living life and how you live life? Val, let's start with you. Wow. Well, I've been traveling. And I actually have been traveling the whole time through the last couple of years. I, I've been blessed to be in Dubai and Puerto Rico and all through lots of cities in Mexico and lots of cities in the United States and writing a lot. And there has been an absolute expansion in consciousness for me being with all different kinds of people, being with all different kinds of people. And I really believe that drops the fear level down. Because when we're sitting maybe in our home and we're told about, oh, those people over there, so-and-so-and-so, it's a story. As Gardana mentioned earlier, it's, it's, it's a solution. It's not real. Mm. And when we go out, and we have those experiences. And we go, as Joseph Campbell says, on the hero's journey, the hero's quest. Is the hero ever uh, always completely fearless? Maybe not. Maybe the hero has moments where they feel afraid. They do it anyway. And then when you're on the hero, now we're moving forward. Boldly, courageously. I won't claim never having a moment of fear. I do not let it run the show. It cannot be in the driver's seat. I have a question I answer and ask myself whenever I feel fear. Is your life about love or is it about fear? There's nothing you fear exists. It's not real. Oh, mm -hmm. I remind myself, my life is about love. Mm -hmm. Mm. You know, the definition of a hero is a person who's who is admired or idolized for courage, outstanding achievements, or noble qualities, right? Mm -hmm. So I love courage. I think courage is a beautiful place to be in. And there's a great book called The Courage to Be Disliked. And I think that's also another definition of living fearlessly, not mm -hmm. having to be liked by people, but loving yourself and loving too. I say I grew up with a book that the dislike doesn't mean you have to be an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> right, you know, true. because there's it's always true. that separation of if I'm disliked, no, it's okay if people don't like me. You, The self-worth and the self-love that you have for yourself is a form of living fearlessly. That's when you can look in the mirror and be happy with the way you are, with your body, with your hair, with your eyes, with your features. And then you can look at yourself and say to yourself, I love you. I love you for who you are. I love me. I think these are all wonderful ways to live fearlessly because maybe fear is something that, like I had said earlier, is something that was instilled in us. You know, um, we have to forgive them for they know not what they do. <laughs> so when someone is instilling fear in you, they don't know that they're instilling fear in you because that's their pattern. And they're just letting their cup runneth over to you. So Gordana, what are ways that you live fearlessly? Well, for me, it's more like finding acceptance and peace wherever I am. 
I've been traveling much less now than I've been traveling before. And I found that to be very, very stressful in the beginning, but it actually has um, focused me to be more present in the now moment with the people that I love and spend most time with, which means that I, I have... I have had to learn how to be very present in every now moment and ask myself questions when I feel the fear, you know, creeping in from the outside or something happens in my family and I I feel that there's a separation going on or something like that. I have to ask myself, where where does the choice that I'm making right now originate? Does it originate in freedom within me or does it originate from fear? And then I have to figure out how to transform that fear into courage to choose freedom every single time. And it has been a journey of enormous expansion in consciousness right where I am. I haven't moved (laughs) geographically, I've been, you know, being in the same place all the time. But in my consciousness, I've been doing a lot of traveling where I reveal myself being triggered by fear and how to handle it in the now moment every single time. So it has been an enormous journey into my own consciousness when it comes to fear. And it's always about I thought in the beginning that it was about, you know, is it love or is it fear? But for me, it's more like freedom and fear. Love is the 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 fabric of the universe. So it is always there. But it's a question of do do I does everything originate from a freedom seeking me or is it a fear based perspective coming towards me? And being able to see it before I make the choice to have an emotion or do some kind of action or say something, being present in it and giving myself the time to choose has been the biggest lesson here, to live fearlessly. And by the way, you were talking about courage. I mean, there is no courage without fear. So fear is... Is not like there is. If you live a perfect life, there is no fear. There will always be fear, but it's a question of what you do with that signal when it comes towards you. Do you just fall prey to it, or do you stop and see where are my choices? How can I do this differently? Yeah, the fight or flight kind of a scenario. Yeah. But you said something really interesting: fear-based perspectives. Mm-hmm. Let's elaborate and kind of dissect that a little bit. What does it mean to have a fear-based perspective? Well, if you're only seeing what is missing in your life or what you don't want in your life, then you are standing and looking at reality from a fear-based perspective. As a child, I thought that happiness was every time I could dodge some fear. I was happy and I thought that was happiness, dodging the fear. That is actually to live a fear-based perspective because I expect that there will be fear, there will be harm, there will be pain, so I am protecting myself. If you think that you need to protect yourself from the universe, then you have a fear-based perspective. On the other hand, when you think that it'll all solve itself anyhow. I trust that everything I need will be there for me when I need it. That would be a love-based perspective or more trust-based perspective. For me. Love, what does reality mean to you? 
Oh my goodness, this is a really good question because I'm studying a book called Quantum Physics right now, which I love. Love, love, love quantum physics because it's singing the song of my soul because quantum physics for me really gives verbiage. It gives language to spirituality in a way that maybe people who maybe even atheists can be inclined to understand the nature of the universe. And for me, reality is simply all that is. And on the screen of all that is can be anything. There's, everything is on the buffet of the all that is or the absolute or the quantum field or uh, people call it many different things. Yes, some people call it God, some call it Olodumare, some call it supreme being, infinite intelligence. For me, it is an absolute, this is, this is how I envision reality. It was just one way of looking at it. I don't think there are any rules with regard to this thing. You got to kind of make it up within yourself what it is for you and make it experiential. And my experiences, my mystical experiences, my magical experiences have led me to understand that this is not a person. Because I grew up in traditional Christianity, fundamentalist Christianity, very fundamentalist. And it was very much focused on God being a person. He was a man and he was in the sky and he didn't have a wife and he had a child. And I thought that was strange right there because how did he get kids if he doesn't have anyone with him? Well, he made them. And so the story seemed, it was a comforting story, yet it didn't seem like a complete story. And so as I continued to peer deeper, into quantum and I'm super curious. Then I began to understand that the mystical experiences that I had can be completely explained or somewhat explained with quantum physics. I don't know completely. They align. I guess that's what I'm saying. So for me, reality is this whole big giant thing that we're all in, and we're emerging from it. That it's not something separate from us. It is absolute. It is all. And this quantum physics book that I'm reading is, is so, the word that's coming to me right now is trippy, because it shows that nothing in form is actually real. It's mm -hmm. just sort of a rise of energy, and then the energy goes back to the absolute. And then something may rise, and we have an elephant. And mm -hmm. then um, the elephant will be no more, and that energy is still here. So the soul is an infinite energy, where it will be. So having these mystical experiences and meditation is really what put me into a space of experiencing reality as opposed to reading about it or talking about it. Uh, or Donna, I know you want to say something. <laughs> yes, I do, because I can do the short version of this. Reality is what I believe it to be for me. <laughs> it, <laughs> yes. Because it's a question of what we believe. When you talk about quantum physics, I love quantum physics because it tells you that it's such a magical word, world. It can be it can be a point in time and space, or it can be a waveform. Anything you want to see will be shown to you. What you seek, you will find. That is what reality is. We're, as you say, immersed in it. And what we believe about it, the stories that we tell ourselves about the reality, about ourselves and our relationship to the reality, will become this 3D thing that we are bathing in right now. So 
I love how you explained it through quantum physics, actually, because it it, it cannot be explained what reality is. It's so what we believe it to be. Yeah. Those who don't understand quantum physics, let's give a definition of it. The Reader's Digest version of quantum <laughs> physics for those who are like, I don't understand what it means, you know, because I, I love for everyone to be part of the conversation. And if at any point I feel that maybe we've gone into this, you know, understanding where we're all on the same page, but that our listeners aren't, what does quantum physics mean for those who are tuning in? Val, let's take it from your perspective and then we'll get it from you, uh, Gordana. Yep. Well, we used to think that the atom was the smallest thing, right? So if we put it in very, very simple terms, I like things simple. And then we found out the atom is smaller even than the atom. And then we found out that there's even something beyond that and that we find waves or particles is kind of how the quantum physicists like to speak of it. But the very, once again, very trippy thing about the wave and the particle is that it's either, it can be both. It can be either a wave or a particle and it goes according to the observer. So yes. it is scientifically proven what Gordana just said, that mm. things are not static. Mm. They are responsive to the observer. Now, now that's a big chunk. We could meditate on that for a thousand years. But everything <laughs> is happening around your life. And you, according to you, that's how everything's responding to you, according to you. And this has already been proven in, 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 in the laboratory. So we're not talking esoteric unknown wisdom. However, quantum physics appears to be so complicated and complex that most people wouldn't attempt to study it. There is, however, lies the keys to the whole universe. I don't know the whole universe. Uh, it, it, there's a lot of keys in there and a lot of things that we don't understand. And it even talks about the phenomenon of quantum entanglement, that if you have two of these particles together and then you separate them, that they still respond to each other at distance. They're no longer together. They still behave exactly the same at exactly the same time. So we can put particle one over there and particle two. We can put particle one in New York and particle two in New Jersey. Or let's say California, New York and California, because <laughs> they were once together. Particle two changes in California at the same time with seeming no communication between each other. What does that mean? And at a, if you were to try to call it speed, this would be uh, multiple factors than light speed. Mm -hmm. so what would explain that two particles apart from each other are doing the exact, they're doing the exact same dance together. They call it quantum entanglement. We know that everything is in the field and it's responding mm -hmm. to consciousness. Everything is one in a way. It, it describes how everything actually is one. There is no distance between us. Uh, there is no emptiness. There is something going on all the time and everything is in motion. The only thing that actually is still is the observer within each and every one of us. So uh, I love how you described it, uh, Valerie. I need to describe how reality behaves in its smallest parts, or you can't even call them parts because it's it's information, how reality um, behaves on on an on a level of information and that it takes an, an observer to 
change the outer world. So the world is created from within, not from without. And that's the that's the whole point of quantum physics, that we are on a scientific level, we're understanding it um, more and more. And where it leads us, I don't know, but it almost becomes religious or spiritual when you, when you dive deep into it, because there's more questions than answers there. Mm-hmm. Isn't that life always more questions than answers? Yes. And I always say, if someone has the answer, run. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Run. <laughs> but people in fear, and it makes people live in fear rather than live fearlessly. You're listening to Max and Friends here on LA Talk Radio and all podcasting platforms. I'm your host, Max Succi. My guests tonight are the one and only Gordana Birnat, author of Hashtag Know the Truth, and the divine Valerie Love who's doing Clubhouses now every morning with on Clubhouse. So you can find her there and you could do A Course in Miracles. So we're talking about living fearlessly, religion. Religion puts so many people in the corner of fear and fear becomes the hug instead of love. So let's start, Gordana. Tell us a little bit about how religion either plays or doesn't play a role in your life and why religion promotes fear in many ways. Well, religion doesn't play a big role in my life. I am—I um, would say that I am a spiritual person, but I do not uh, confess myself to any religion. That might be because um, I don't have—it doesn't come from my home. My parents weren't spe- specifically religious, so it didn't—it it wasn't any priority of mine. But I have tried to look at religions and see what is what is going on there. And every religion has some kind of truth in it. I can sense the truth in it, in my in my gut feeling when I read about it. But I feel like any time I try to, you know, become a Buddhist or or a Catholic or whatever it is, it feels like I'm putting myself in a smaller box than my consciousness allows me to do there is there are restrictions and as soon as i sense that there is fear in it i feel that there are untruths and i can't accept it as my truth so i need to stay free be a free agent and um your your the next part of your question was why do it does it instill fear that's a very good question honestly speaking and i would like to put that put it out there because i don't know why religion needs to do that it doesn't have to do it if it if it promotes truth then you don't need to instill fear in people and when when you know how to lead yourself you don't need an outside leader you can just be and i think that it's maybe not religion, but we're talking about church and the institutions on earth that instill fear. I don't think religion in itself instills fear. Val, what's your perspective of religion and fear? Well, I was in, in an experienced religion for a very long time, for 26 years in the cult of Jehovah's Witnesses, and it was fundamentalist Christianity. And it was very fear-based because... Mm-hmm. We fear retribution. And so I think some there are different ways to motivate people to do what we uh, what society or what people would like them to do. And one way that we can that people can be controlled, as we've seen, is by fear. Another way that people can be controlled is by manipulation. 
And what I noticed for myself is exactly what Gordana, Gordana was speaking of, that within the religions, because I've been in Hindu temples in India and Bali, and I've been in the Islamic mosques, and I've been in synagogues, yes, on a Saturday morning with our Jewish family, uh, brothers and sisters. And what I noticed is that they all had this beautiful uh, wanting to connect with the divine. It's an aspiration. That part, they have dogma, a lot of doctrine, a lot of constriction. That was the part I couldn't really get with. So while I call myself a Christian witch, which I love, because Christian for me doesn't mean a person who is an adherent to a religion that is created by humans. To me, being Christ-like is being Christian. And Christ has been a powerful teacher in my life for how to be. Some people, Buddha is a really um, resonant force. I call them cosmic forces. And for me, Christ has been a really powerful resonant force in my life. So if I take Christ and I don't add religion, that works for me, which is just another word for a person who's magical and knows it. And I think everyone's magical <laughs> to some extent. And the question is, will we use magic? Will we co-create with the universe? It's very light, beautiful. So, no, I'm not in any religion at all. I'm a minister. I'm a religionless minister. Mm. Mm. Well, one thing I know for sure is that I love co-creating with the both of you here on Max and Friends. I always say, and I always say this recently, within the last maybe 10 years or so, that religion made me an atheist, but atheism made me spiritual. <laughs> 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 you know, that's how I kind of take the perspective on religion and fear. And what I know about religion being involved in the Catholic Church for so long is that when someone instills fears in you, what they do is they have a power over you. And when they have a power over you, you are no longer who you are meant to be, who you are born to be, which is fearless, living life fearlessly, living life in love, not being chained by anyone. You know, there's a great song that they sing in church that says, take the shackles off my feet so I can dance. Maybe the church is what the shackles are on your feet. That's another enlightenment for the week and for the next moment ahead. So we've got to wrap this show up because that's how the illusion of time falls upon us. So before I let you all go, Val, what is it that you want people to take with them into this next moment? The first beginning lines of A Course in Miracles. Nothing unreal exists and nothing real can be threatened. Herein lies the peace of God. If we remember that nothing real can be threatened and nothing unreal exists, we experience the peace of God. And that is fearless living. And so it is. And for you, Valerie Love, how can people find you? ValerieLove.com. How are you loving? <laughs> <laughs> and Gordana, what is it that you want people to take with them into this next moment? Mm, I want them to, um, every time they feel like there are no choices, Take a deep breath in and a deep breath out and repeat to yourself, say, I am willing to see the possibilities. And the possibilities will appear. The possibilities are there. Just be willing to see them, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Be present in the now moment. Yeah. Take a deep breath. Take fear as a signal that you are not seeing the entire picture 
and ask for guidance in order to be able to see the entire picture. Say, I am willing to see the possibilities. I am willing to explore the brightest side of this. I am willing to explore. And you will see that there is not just fear, there is also another side of reality which will appear to you. That's beautiful. And how can people find you? It's at my power talk on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you look for me. Wherever you look, right. You have to look though. <laughs> yes, you have to. Can I <laughs> That's the truth. So this is what I want you all to take with you into the next, next moment. Of course, where the topic is living fearlessly. But the fact that you're here and listening to us right now is the first step to living fearlessly because you're looking at a different perspective of what fear means. So I thank you for tuning in to Max and Friends. And I want you to know this for sure, that for the soul, there's neither birth nor death that is eternal and everlasting. So if your soul is eternal and everlasting, know that so is your love and know that so are you and nothing or no one can stop you. Be fearless, love, laugh, live. And when fear stands in your face, be tall, be proud, be bold, be courageous to say, fear, I cast you aside. It's not in me to have you in my life. I thank you for tuning in to Max and Friends. Until next time, remember to love one another and take a look at one another and tell each other, I see you, I hear you, and you matter. I love you for listening. Until next time, I'm Max Tucci. Good night and good karma. This is Max.